Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we cannot believe two things. Number one, that Team Israel Baseball lost this morning, and that two, Yoni Pollock is finally getting married tonight. Not sure if that's the correct order, but we're going to go with it. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm the voice and face of Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram. You can find me there at Breaking Bread Oven. Check everything out I've got going on there. But, of course, keep close track on what's going on in my Twitter feed because I, frankly, am doing a very good job at sharing everything that Simi Cohn tweets out regarding Israel baseball. And, of course, or I should say Team Israel in general. And, of course, Zach Rabb. A shout-out to Zach Rabb, who literally was tweeting this morning like he was an expectant father. <laughs> I mean, talk about big fans. Talk about somebody who's been there every step of the way. Um, I got to pull up the Team Israel merchandise website because we really have to encourage people to uh, support Team Israel in every way, shape, and form possible. Well, there you go. TeamIsraelBaseball.com is where you can get your merch for Team Israel Baseball. I have my Team Israel Baseball hat. I wore it in my video this morning. I mean... Okay, it's not actually my hat. It's one of my kids' hats. That's why it's so small in the video. But I wore it with pride, and even though this morning was a loss, we still got high hopes for our team. And folks, just a just a throwback to last week's show, a reminder that promo code RADIO gets you 10% off at ArtScroll and free shipping. I have not put down my copy of Sina Mizrahi's Good Food. To the point where I put it in my work bag, <laughs> and I actually went out of town with it, schlepping it everywhere I went. I, I highly recommend it. You can check it out at artscroll.com slash good food. Again, that's 10% off. Uh, thanks to to all of our friends at Artscroll. And, of course, thanks again to Cena for joining me last week. I'm going to do the fortune cookie. I'm going to do the fortune cookie now before I do the national holidays. Then we'll get to our guest. But I want to just say... Yoni Pollock usually, or in the past, often in the past, has been the one to pick my fortune. So today... I dedicate this to the Yoni Pollock, who I'm sure is smart enough not to be on social media talking about Team Israel today, because if I was Haley, I'd be checking to see what he's doing the day of his wedding. But here we go. Yoni, this fortune is for you. Take that first step today. Oh, my gosh. Boom. Boom. To continue the metaphors, we hit it out of the park, folks. That's right. Yoni, take that first step today. Um, I, I think I'm going to bring this with me to the wedding. I'm dead serious. I'm bringing this with me to the wedding tonight. Looking forward to celebrating with the Ramras and the Pollock families. Let's do the national holidays. The uh, Today, July 29th, it is Global Tiger Day. No, have no idea what that means, but I don't know what International Tiger Day means either, and that's also today. I don't know. It's also International Chicken Wing Day, which um, I dedicate to my friend Bacheva, who is a lover of chicken wings. Uh, it's National Lasagna Day, which I dedicate to myself because I love lasagna. I don't really eat it with any frequency, probably because I could eat the whole pan, but shout out to me. It's National Chili Dog Day. I don't know why there's like an abundance of food-related issues today or national holidays, um, but it's also National Intern Day, and it's National Rain Day. Well... It seems like it is going to be a rainy kind of day. Am I right? It's supposed to rain this afternoon. That is correct. But it's not going to stop us from celebrating with Yoni Pollock later this afternoon. Before then, however, as I tweeted out and as I let everyone know and I continue to talk about, I, it's crazy. 
Team Israel, so much going on. Can't wait to speak to our guest this morning. I haven't spoken to him in a long time, and I welcome him back. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Josh Halleckman, the sports rabbi himself. You can find him at sportsrabbi.com. Josh Halleckman joins us this morning. He is the founder of this website and has been covering Israeli sports since 2004. The sports rabbi has gone to over 4,000 live sporting events in 25-plus countries looking for the most and exciting and intriguing stories. Josh has lectured to over 10,000 people across the globe about Zionism through Israeli sports. We're going to hear about that. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at The Sports Rabbi. Josh Halleckman, welcome back to That's Life. What's going on, Miriam? How are you? It is an absolute ple- it is an absolute pleasure to speak to you this morning. Josh, i got to tell you, I have no nails left. I have no nails left after the game this morning. What happened to our boys on Team Israel? Oh, man. <laughs> it's one of those games, you know. You win some and you lose some, and this is a game where they had to win, they needed to win, and they didn't win. And they lost in, uh, in I don't want to say typical fashion, but they, you know, to lose on basically back-to-back hit-by-pitches and, you know, some poor calls by the umpire in the 10th inning is just a killer. It was an absolute killer. They got off to a good start with Kinsler's two-run home run. Ryan LaVarnway hit a Paris home runs, tied up the game in the ninth. Everything looked great. And then, you know, listen, it all comes down to pitching at the end of the day. But, boy, did they need this win. They needed this win badly. Because they play the Americans tomorrow. And the Americans have a pretty good team. Uh, not that Israel doesn't, but they definitely have a very good team. And, you know, when you need to win a game, you can't. In these small tournaments, you've got to win. You've got to win. You've got to find a way to win. And unfortunately, they didn't. It was a killer. It's a good thing we didn't speak about an hour ago. <laughs> because you were busy Because <laughs> you were busy screaming at the wall? <laughs> it would have been a much... It would have been, this is a much calmer sports drama you got right now. An hour ago, <laughs> you would have had someone that would have not even screaming at the walls, but climbing the walls. Yeah, a very difficult. Speaking of pitching, by the way, John Moscott out within, I mean, the first couple of pitches of the game. What happened? Well, he's been coming back from a big injury. Hadn't pitched in a long time in a, you know, in a real game. He's, of course, pitched in some exhibition games. Uh, he was really looking forward to getting back on the mound and, and, you know, representing Israel. And, you know, he just got hurt, you know, nine pitches into the game, and that was it. And that kills you. I mean, when you have your starting pitcher where you're relying to get three, four, five innings that you can squeeze out of him, especially in these small tournaments, you know, and he gets hurt, you have to throw in a fishman into the, into the game. That's tough. Uh, you know, you're, I mean, he would, and Jake Fishman pitched uh, fantastic. Nothing, uh, you know, you can't, you can't fault him at all. Comes in cold, you know, three and two thirds innings, six hits, couple of runs, couple strikeouts. He did a, he did a masterful job, mm. but at the end of the day, boy, Moscott getting hurt just, you know, set the pitching staff back. Right. Uh, and again, they're still going to have at least two more games. And then, you know, hopefully they move on from there. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a very, very rough, uh, rough road to go here. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the continue, uh, the, the, their, their road ahead, is this a career ending injury for Moscott? Uh, you've got to think so. Um, I, w- I would really think so. I think he'd probably hang it up after this. It's, wow. it's tough. I mean, he had, he spent a couple of good years, and he's put out a great tweet before the game. Yeah, I saw uh, it. You know, and how, oh. you know how, how 
you know, how just thankful he was to be back and how excited he was to be back. And, you know, when these things happen, you know, he goes, life is a crazy journey. Two and a half years ago, I couldn't throw a baseball 60 feet and was forced to retire with the help of doctors, you know, PTs, family, friends, wife, and the Israel Association of Baseball. I'm honored today to get the ball in game one in this Olympic sprint. You know, it's a killer. It's uh, a killer injury. It yeah. certainly is a killer injury. Now tell me, I mean, I'm not looking for I'm not looking for in depth. I'm looking for surface level. What do we have to do next? What does Team Israel Baseball need to do next in order to continue? They need to beat the Americans? They need to beat the Americans. They should still lose to the Americans even. Because really the groups there's two groups. There's two groups of three teams. Each team plays each other one, so it's two games in the group, which sets up the seeding afterwards. And then at that point, wherever they finish in the group, they play the opposite sides, uh, same, you know, equal number. So meaning if they finish in third place, they play the third place team in the other group. Okay. When they can continue on. It's, it's a weird – It's whoever came up with this uh, convoluted system <laughs> uh, probably deserves some kind of mathematics award. I, I really – you need to have the semi rocket scientist to figure it out. Josh, it's uh, Josh, it's Josh. It's almost like forming a coalition in the Knesset. Go on, yeah. Well, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, maybe that. Yeah, I'd say that'd be about the equivalent of that. The, the way that the tournament is based is, is pretty strange. I think I would have put them all into one group, let them all play each other once, and then you know move on. You know, top four teams move on, semifinals, finals, and that's it. But uh, I don't know where they come up with this stuff. And, you know, they got to get some better umpires in there, too. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about the umpires, but I'm going to complain about the umpires because these guys were just, you know, not, not very forgiving to the Israeli pitchers. Mm. Uh, they gave the Korean pitchers, especially in the top of the tenth, they gave them a ton of leeway. Uh, the strike zone was the size of a, you know, of a whale. And they allowed them <laughs> to, uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was kind of a joke. And listen, the Korean player, you know, he gets hit by the pitch the second one. He didn't even move a little bit. He got grazed on his shirt. Okay, what are you going to do? Those, you know, those are the rules. At least they don't have the, the rules that Major League Baseball has in extra innings where you already start with a runner on second base. Right. Of course, that may have been good for Israel. I don't even know. But, you know, it's, um, you know, it's an interesting tournament. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we really have to look at it this way. Even if Israel finishes in sixth, they're the sixth best in the world. They put on a great show. They're making a lot of people happy uh, around the United States, which is also very important. Um, you know, it gives a sense of pride to, to Jews. You know, baseball is such a sport that we're intertwined with as Jewish people mm. uh, from the time of Hank Greenberg and Sandy Koufax. And, you know, I was just telling a colleague of mine today who, had, you know, never doesn't know a thing about sports and certainly doesn't know a thing about baseball. And doesn't know anything about Sandy Koufax, and I just started explaining to to her why this is such a big sport for Americans and American Jews, and why it's such a you know it's so exciting to be able to see a a Jewish team, you know, the Israeli team play and represent the state of Israel. Uh, there's a lot of pride in that. Some Israelis understand that, some don't. There was a pretty vicious column in the Daily by one of the uh, columnists today against the whole idea of the Israel baseball team. Um, but, you know, the, that's always life. Right. And, and I, uh, I, people are going to criticize everything. There are some people that are super excited, especially the kids in this country want to play baseball. 
And then there's some that they're saying, like, what is this? We have nothing to do with the sport. What is our what is our capture to the sport whatsoever? Like, why are we playing? And who are these players? And, you know, why is this important? But it is important. It, it is important to show that we can do something outside of the box. And maybe it will help build the sport. Just like um, just like this past week when we have a, a bronze medalist in Taekwondo. Right. Uh, maybe that will help build the sport of Taekwondo. Judo isn't popular just on its own. Judo is popular because the Al Arad won Israel's first medal of silver in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, Miriam. That is why judo today is one of the biggest sports in this country. And yes, we haven't won a medal yet, and it's disappointing, and there's been some you know, pretty brutal results on the, on the judo mat, but still we've won so many um, medals and awards in various different European competitions, world competitions, and uh, that's something to speak of. So... Uh, it didn't uh, abso- come out of nowhere. So uh, there was a reason for it. Absolutely. And the truth of the matter is is that obviously Jews and baseball is a hot conversation on both sides of the ocean right now. Tremendous amount of pride here in the United States for our two um, our two high schoolers or, or I should mm-hmm. say high school graduates who have now um, moved on and it's all very exciting, etc. And then, of course, you have everything going on with Team Israel and it does. It breeds a tremendous amount of pride and that's for sure. And then you have the silver, uh, as you were mentioning, the, the silver medalist in judo who um, was an Iranian defector and he's now playing for Mongolia and I'm going to destroy his name and I apologize, <laughs> but I think it's <laughs> uh, I, I think it's Saeed Molai or Molai. And yeah, you got it. You got it. I did? Got it. Don't go any further. All right, that's it. I'm out. Good. I should end the show right here. This is one of those moments. And he dedicates his he dedicates his medal to Israel and to to Sagi Mugi, who who did not medal and 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 you know basically in tribute to them. And then of course you have the athletes who find out that they are about to compete against an Israeli in a variety of different sports, and they bow out. They bow out. They don't want to have anything to do with the Israelis. I wonder first off. How, I mean, the, the setup for those athletes, whether they know going in that they're going to have to forfeit if they're playing in Israeli, and how they personally feel about it, or, you know, the, the selfishness of taking a spot on a team when you're already declaring that you're not going to play in Israeli, give it up for somebody who will. I mean, be an athlete. If this is, if this is what, what sports is about, then you shouldn't be in it. Yeah, listen, you're making a lot of good points. There's no no argument there. We saw that this week in judo, where a Sudanese and an Algerian... uh, The crazy thing is, Miriam, these two fighters, these two judokas, were supposed to face each other, and they both bailed out, giving Tohar Butzbul a a clear path to the next round, uh, which is crazy. Now, tomorrow, we have something really exciting. Raz Hirschko in the plus 78 kilogram category a young Israeli woman that's going to be taking uh, t- taking a bout against a Saudi Arabian woman by the name of Tahani Al-Qatari. And the minister, she is getting a ton of pressure to walk away. Saudi Arabia is getting a ton of pressure not to compete. But the Minister of Sports said outright that we are competing and we are not going to withdraw from this battle. And this is a country that we don't have official diplomatic relationships with yes they're unofficial mm-hmm. and we know that we can you know airspace and there's a you know there's a fairly good relationship with saudi arabia but that is a huge statement wow that is a tremendous tremendous statement Miriam, for the minister of sport of saudi arabia to basically say you know you're not going to 
bully us, all you other countries that don't want to, you know, want to put Israel in the harem, we're not interested. <laughs> we are going to we are going to the judo man. We are going to face research go. We don't care who she is. We're excited that we're also we're also making a point that we, that women in our society should have a chance also to compete in sports, which is also another uh, whole other topic uh, in Saudi Arabia and some, some right. of the countries in the Middle East. But those are huge comments. Absolutely, huge, massive comments. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, this is going to bring me into a greater conversation um, with you about the impact, the global impact and the global opinion, the global view on Israeli sports in general. We'll tackle that in a second. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Josh Halkman. He is the sports rabbi. You can find him at sportsrabbi.com. And, of course, follow him on Twitter at the sports rabbi, I I follow Josh. I don't always understand everything you're tweeting out, Josh, because I'm not. <laughs> but I do appreciate your depth of knowledge is is unbelievable, and more than that, your commitment to connecting sports and Zionism. I know that's part of your bio, but your commitment to that is huge. So let's 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 segue both of those things. You're you're totally an uh, a an observer a world observer of the way israeli sports is being viewed on a global level let's talk about that and then let's talk about how that impacts on you speaking about zionism and sports listen miriam for me uh, i'll tell you a story i think you know everybody has to find a calling in their life and I was a big lover of sports, a big lover of Israel, a big lover of my family, and we made Aliyah in 2004. And I remember standing up at Shul the, the Shabbos before we, we got onto the plane back in August of 2004, and I said that these are my three passions in life. There's family, sports, Israel, whatever order you may, you may want to put it in. Um, you know, we got to Israel. The first thing I did when I landed, pretty much, was to get season tickets for the local soccer team and the local basketball team of all Jerusalem. <laughs> and I immediately thrust myself into Israeli sports society and Israeli society as, as, as a whole. And I still was trying to figure out how can I connect all those three things. And it took me a while to figure it out. But, you know, in 2006, I started covering uh, some part-time sports for the Jerusalem Post. Then 2009-10, there was Sports Rabbi and Israel Sports Radio. And then we started a website around 2011, and we start pushing this whole idea of using sports in Israel for the betterment of the society and the way that the country's looked at. And not only... You know, have I been able to take the passion of Israel and the passion of sports, but now the passion of my family? And by that I mean that all three of my sons are thoroughly involved in the whole project of sports, Rabbi. It's a family. Uh, it's a family oldest, business, Josh. It's, it's a family business. The 21-year-old is getting married in three weeks. Mazal tov. And uh, he is a photographer. He also writes and he handles the Twitter accounts uh, for a lot of the times he was actually handling the Twitter accounts all day today, pretty much. So a lot of those updates are, you know, sports rabbi is just bigger than one person. Um, my 17-year-old started writing at the age of 13 
and he runs the whole Hebrew side of the website, which wow. is amazing in itself. So he literally has a knack for writing, and the 14-year-old handles a lot of different social media and different photo stuff and uh, things that I don't understand, Instagram and TikToks and all that other type of thing. But that's how I was able to combine the three and to be able to, to combine those and to help try to raise awareness in the world about what a great, great, great society we have here in Israel through sports and what we can mean to you. And if it's your favorite college basketball player that's coming over to play in Israel, if it's your favorite Jewish college basketball player that's coming to play in Israel, we're covering those people. And those are the people that go back and are the best ambassadors for the state of Israel. A player like Anthony Parker played for Maccabi Tel Aviv in the mid-2000s. Ended up playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Toronto Raptors was a star. Wore number 18 on his jersey. Mm. Why did he wear number 18? Wore for high because he understood it. And he's been one of our greatest ambassadors wow. outside of this country. And that's, you know, that's just one part of, the, of what we feel is important. And it's crucial, especially in today's day and age where, you know, Israel obviously is always in the forefront of the New York Times and any other publication that likes to uh, find fault, we want to try to find those good things and to bring, you know, real society and real sports and the love for Israel through through that uh, medium. Amazing. Amazing. And you certainly are successful. We literally have like three minutes left and I have about 10 questions to get through with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick two and I'm going to do my best. How was, thank you. How was the Simone Biles story, um, you know, received in Israel? Obviously mental health is a conversation that is at the forefront of every community, including the Jewish community. And certainly whether it's PTSD or other, um, you know, mental health issues that we face and that Israelis face and that w- we globally face. I wonder how that was received in Israel, that story. So overwhelmingly in favor of the mental health and the fact that Simone Biles is human, and they took that side of the story. They did not take the, I guess, the, the side of that she quit on her teammates and so forth and so on. That was the overwhelming response in the newspapers, on TV, uh, the sports channel last night spent uh, probably a half an hour just on Simone Biles. Uh, now they have to fill a lot of space on TV, but they didn't need to spend a half an hour on the seven o'clock sports news. Mm. So I think that tells you the importance of uh, of that story and what they uh, they believe is, is something that has to be talked about. So that uh, you know that was a very interesting take. I wasn't sure how it was going to be received here, but that. That is overwhelmingly the reception in Israel. Got it. Far. Interesting. Interesting. And also, are is Team Israel going to be participating in the Paralympics coming up? So, of course, Israel is going to be participating in the Paralympics. Moran Samuel um, is one of the greatest Paralympic uh, Olympians that we've uh, had, athletes that we've had play in those games, won numerous medals. She'll be at the forefront. We have a number of others. That's, uh, you know, different different disciplines and shooting and boxing and other different sports. Some sports that, of course, aren't played in the regular Olympics. And, uh, that, you know, we have a tremendous, over the years, we've won, I don't know, hundreds of medals at the Paralympic Games. So that's a, that's a very, very big thing. And why is it so big is because, unfortunately, when Israel has so many conflicts, there are many people that, have to suffer some kind of consequences. They may lose a limb. They may, you know, they may have issues afterwards. 
and uh, especially in the Army, that's taken, of course, very seriously. Right. And many of the athletes that end up going to the Paralympic Games were former soldiers or former people that were, you know, uh, in active combat in the Army, and that could be both men and women. And uh, it's taken very seriously in Israel, and it's something that uh, many people here look forward to. Moran Samuel is celebrated in this country as being a star. I mean, she is... Uh, she is a superstar in this country. Amazing. Totally amazing. I, I look forward to following Team Israel both through this Olympics and, of course, through the Paralympics. And my last question for you, Josh, am I right that there are Israelis who are competing in archery? There is. There is a young Israeli man by the name of Itai Shani who nobody really knew much about, flipped into the Olympic Games, ended in his first qualification round, 60th out of 64. And people wrote the guy off that he was finished. What happens yesterday? He goes up against the fifth ranked in the world, and he defeats him handily, Ugh. seven to three, with his uh, five sets of three arrows. And then he goes on to face one of the most veteran competitors from India, a, a world, you know, a, a top level European world champion, a level um, competitor. And he defeats him in the shootout. Uh, they had to were tied five five after five sets, and uh, Shani won ten to nine, and that advanced him to the uh, round of sixteen, uh, which is a massive accomplishment. In, all in all, the Olympics this year um, have been pretty successful for Israel. In the pool, we've had amazing, tremendous results. Uh, really, the only place that has been quite disappointing has been the judo. But tomorrow we have Maurice Hassan the 2016 bronze medalist. So anything can happen. Well, I would say that that's the story of Israel. Anything can happen. Josh Halakman, the sports rabbi himself, you can follow him at The Sports Rabbi on Twitter, or I can say you can follow his son. I'm just kidding. At The Sports Rabbi <laughs> on Twitter. And, of course, check out everything on sportsrabbi.com. Josh, I, I, I look forward to sharing multiple smachot with you, both in terms of personal and professional, continued great work, and uh, let's go Team Israel. Thank you very much. Let's go. Let's, Thanks so much, Mira. Let's go indeed. Mikhail Elchayel, you're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I should say you've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. A full day of programming continues right after the completion of this show. It's the live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel. Of course, there'll be a lot of great banter. I have a feeling today is going to be Labadick. Do not touch that virtual dial. The throwback Thursday at 1 p.m., JM Rewind at 4 p.m., and the return of the Arab Shabbos, uh, not the return, and then the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek tonight at 7 p.m. Tomorrow morning, Nachum hosts JM and AM starting at 6 a.m. Avrami hosts Matzei Shabbos at 9. <laughs> Avrami does not host Matzei Shabbos. Avrami hosts Saturday Night, Saturday Night Seagull this Matzei Shabbos at 9 p.m. Matis hosts JM Sunday at 7 a.m. We close today with my tribute to Yoni and Haley Mazaltov to the Chassan Akala. Off the back wall, Miami Boys Choir. That's right. From Torah Today. If you don't know what that album is, well, frankly, then I'm really old. Well, really, really old. It's Ode Yishama off of the Torah Today album. An oldie but goodie. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Yeah, I got 